Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now then, we've got some people this week, not all the people, but we've got the right people for the right week. We're missing Mr. Rag, who is off doing secretive things, probably buying a cable knit jumper or doing sit-ups. And we're missing a Lewis who is on an international national tour somewhere. He's somewhere up and down the country in a bar near you, singing his socks off, playing the bass in Air Drawn Dagger, which means I am joined by three colleagues of such deviancy as... Mr. Matt Durant, the voice of Belsia. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> that was a big that was a big voice choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a, a big, big choice. Fuck knows what that was. I've never used it on the podcast. I'm also joined by Mr. Chris Neal himself, the voice of Tatty Bojangles, amongst other things. Hello, my precious blueberries. Oof. <laughs> Do you know what? I think we should get some T-shirts made that say "Hello, my precious blueberries." That's nice. I feel like that's a thing Hello, we might need to do now. My precious blueberries. Becoming. <laughs> oh God, that's hideous! Stop it. Yep. Uh, and we are joined by somebody with a broken tooth who is high on medication and still insisting on playing Chanel Williams herself. Bonsoir, mon The ami. evil in Maud's eyes. I uh, I have one broken claw and one broken fang. I'm gonna let it stop me. No, it's true. One broken claw, one broken fang. Right. Shan Shan Williams, otherwise known as Absolute Hero. Absolute hero that she is. Before Chanel's pain levels get too high and she starts swearing, I just need to remind everyone who's listening that the content from here on in is not really suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. But... Because any second now, Maud's going to use the word cunt. But if you want really fun and interesting children, let them listen. <laughs> Excellent. Two thumbs up of approval from, <laughs> from Tatty. Yeah. If you want boring, mundane, middle of the road... <laughs> middle of the road sounds dangerous. They want to be on the edge of the road on the fucking pavement. If you want children shouldn't be in the middle of the road. If, if, you, if you want boring, edge of the pavement kids like yeah. everyone else then don't let them listen if you want sprint down the middle of the road peeing into the wind diving headfirst into second base kids then let them listen nobody wants to see somebody getting run over in the middle of a dual carriageway whilst they piss into the wind that they're not getting run over they're just running piece. down the middle of the road it's fine what is second base do you know what i'm almost <laughs> i think i t- i think how I do we get onto second base from- what i think i took that phrase from arrested development the the the, the, the the American sitcom, uh, yeah. Uh, he may have he may have only got to second first base second base. What was it? He may have only got to first base, but he went in head first <laughs> like Pete Rose. Oh. Wow! Shout out to yeah. Mitch Hurwitz, I, I guess. I know you. He, I know he could probably listener. do the shout out every now and again. Um, he must be a listener at this point. Um, well, we've come a long way. We've covered a lot of ground. We've insulted a lot of people, and we haven't even rolled a single dice in anger yet. So, what I'm going to suggest is we do one last 
piece of housekeeping. Now then, this was supposed to be a treat, but you've all been fucking rude and naughty, so I'm almost tempted not to do this, but I have a little gift for you two. Would have been a gift for the other people, but they're not here. So look at Matt rearrange himself on his seat here. He's so no, excited. Is it under my got seat? a little gift for you. Which No, it's not sellotape <laughs> to the bottom of your seat, numbnuts. It's a bomb. I am going to... I'm going to drop a little something in the channel for you that I had made especially for us by a good friend of the podcast. It is not a pun. Here you go. The, the the ever-present disclaimer, it is not a penis. No, it is not a penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, little knobbly legs. There you go. <laughs> and for those listeners who want to know what it is, you have to join Patreon. Yeah. Well, that's a bit mean. Matt, Matt. Who is it, Matt? It's my erstwhile uh, animate potato companion, Pocato. Or Pocato. <laughs> it is Pocato. I got, I got the very talented and friend of the podcast, the, 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 the illustrator, Alain Von Eif, uh, to draw Pocato for us. Uh, I'm not 100% that... I'm not 100% sure that Eif's uh, commissions are even open, but... After a bit of chatting, I managed somehow to uh, get a sneaky commission in there. DM so I decided to get Pocato drawn. I'm not Ooh. 100% sure it was flirting. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I merely said what a wonderful job they'd done on our previous artwork. And wouldn't it be lovely? I had a crazy idea about an animated baked potato that had gone feral. And uh, we, we did a little, we did, we did various potatoes. And then we zeroed in on the exact potato with the right amount of rage. And then uh, here it is. So it's it's the perfect combination of rage and also like realizing, like becoming self-aware yeah, that's it. and realizing that it you is can, a living You can thing. see Rin on its face. Oh, God, I'm a potato. I hate the world, but I'm a potato. That's, exactly. that's really his little beady eyes. <laughs> well. I want to say a big thank you to Alain for doing that because they really didn't have to. And, uh, well, thank it you. made my day. It certainly made my day. I was supposed to be like on a date with Shan in a wine bar and I was mostly just giggling because I was. knew that he I had a, a picture of a baked potato. With Shan in a wine bar, but he was attached to <laughs> modern right. Looking at pictures of baked potatoes. So, Massa, there you go. Um, we're going to get that available for our patron. I'm going to try and get some of those printed off maybe on postcards. Uh, and get those available. Might even might even put it on a t-shirt. Who knows? Make some Christmas cards with it. Oh. We could make we could make some potato Christmas cards. Merch. So patrons, watch out for those shortly. And if you want to see if you want to see potato, get yourself on Patreon. Right. Who's ready for some D and D? Me. Let's do it. All right. So without further ado, let's get this shit on the road with recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd found themselves inside the reproductive organs. Just going to have a little pause there, Shan. Why am I calling them reproductive organs? You're calling them reproductive organs, my love, because you do not know the difference between ovaries and the uterus. Ah. So, last week we might have been a little bit free and easy with the terminology we used about the reproductive elements of a female. 
Turtle. All of you. I'm intimately familiar with the, the, the ovaries. I, I had a 20-minute conversation with Shan after we finished recording the last episode about how I don't know the difference between a uterus and some ovaries. And for somebody who has two children, it's quite an interesting concept. <laughs> it's not just a concept, is it? <laughs> it's a very real reality. <laughs> to him, it might as well be a concept. <laughs> hey, this isn't orienteering. I didn't get lost in the uterus, right? It just... It, I had an idea, I went with it, I took some risks, and I used I did, the wrong words. I did. So I'm here while, to be while corrected. While AJ was describing where we were, I did write down a lot of questions in my notebook. But then, you know when it's the person that's descri- that's created your world and describing where you are, mm. you, also don't, you also don't want to question it. Uh, but I also realized that, I also realized that the whole thing uh, d- didn't come across as a, as a super correct science lesson uh from people that aren't qualified to do that yeah yeah i got no qualifications in biology i would like to have a little ding 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 this is the fact fairy (laughs) yeah oh chance the fact fairy so for those listeners who are screaming at me because we weren't in fact in some ovaries we were in a uterus you can feel that you are vindicated as chanel the crack tooth fairy has let you know Right, the adventurers found themselves inside the reproductive organs of a giant dragon turtle, as they'd finally managed to hone in on the location of the fabled Wind Emmental, an ancient relic of considerable power lost to the mists of time. Their investigations were rudely interrupted by the arrival of a mysterious member of the Feywild, in the form of an old and wizened-looking dryad, a once-beautiful lady now covered in dry and cracked bark. The interloper started to rebuke the adventuring party for how they had meddled in the fate of the orbs of Tartarus, and thus affected the fate of the Dryads, her people. She warned them to let go of their aspirations of finding the Emmental and to stop fiddling with what they did not fully understand. After the party tried to make counteroffers and protest their innocence, the ancient Dryad soon grew weary of their excess excuses and attacked them. A bloody fight ensued, with the real loser being the ginormous dragon turtle they were inside, whose internal organs took a beating. Exhausted, the party finally managed to subdue the dryad, but not before she escaped by tearing a hole clean through the lining of the turtle's internal organs, causing more pain to the poor creature. Searching high and low, the party established that the Emmental was housed inside part of the dragon turtle's egg-laying anatomy. That's what we're calling it now, (laughs) for safety reasons. The party tried at first to extract this using the least invasive means, before Maud finally grew impatient and tore them out viscerally. So the party was finally in possession of another Remontile. But at what cost? As they heard the groans and roars of the creature that they were deep within. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. There we go. Didn't I blow that creature up? You're inside a creature that's in a lot of pain. You can, what do we want to call it? Inside the uterus, if you will. You're in there. There's a big hole in the wall. There's a big hole in the ceiling. There's a big hole in the floor. Uh, As you all gather around. I thought we got out. No, you just ended the episode inside the uterus. All huddled around an egg, which you pulled out of part of the poor dragon turtle's anatomy and cracked open to find the wind emmental inside it. 
I was just checking my notes to make, to make sure that you you'd got the right one. I know how we're going to get out. Uh, just grab onto an egg and wait to be laid, right? The, the eggs have to come out somewhere. It's, it's, uh, anatomy, everyone, from from Belsia. <laughs> some, at some point, it will come out. Yeah, I, I grab, Belsia grabs onto an egg. It's probably worth, uh, I think, Tati and probably Hanash uh, have a bit of a, I don't know, we probably discuss which is the easiest way out, going going back out through the mouth or just getting shat out. I mean, it's a cloaca, it's a multi-purpose hole, so if 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 Ermenfrau is birthing an egg, she's not ta- technically having a shit. She doesn't shat out eggs. No, 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 I'm talking about the ways, I'm talking about the, the, the because we split up into two teams on the way in, I'm talking about mm. which way will be the easiest way out between those two, two yeah. teams. The crown or the brown. Exactly, exactly. It's, I think... Yeah, just just um, just push just out out the back because you'll be in the wake. You'll be kind of ejected out the back of the the swimming dragon turtle. Whereas if you're coming out the front, you you risk like hitting it on your way out as it swims past. I actually I don't mind that logic. Not <laughs> 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 mm. terrible. As all of you gather around with your war council. Trying to, trying to establish a plan of action, you feel a, a shake as the ground underneath you rocks as each of you has to steady themselves. Marvin is knocked off his feet um, as the very ground and walls around you shake as you hear another roar. I'd like to pick Marvin up. He rides with me. Can we fashion... How big are these eggs? They're like a metre... Only just marginally, there must be five foot change tall. The size of Maud. Are there any like, so here's my plan. Can we take, there must be some broken eggs around here somewhere. Can we ride them, the shells out, ride them out like a, like a raft down the cloaca and out to safety? There are. Um... <laughs> this is strong. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> yes, but what you'll notice about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is they were in the grass with the ants. They didn't instantly climb up their mum's foof. Yeah, but what was the into one her ovary? Well, I, I had strong what inner space. One? Yeah, no one. I don't think anyone remembers that movie, but I remember it. Inner space with Martin Short. I mean, everyone remembers that film. Like one of the Quades and like Martin Short. Strong. Um... Well, how how did they get out in that movie? They were sneezed out. Yes, we just need they to get the dragon turtle to sneeze. They were sneezed. Are you, are you sure it was a sneeze? Yeah. Definitely a sneeze, not a shit. Oh God. Um. So yes, Belsia. In answer to your question, there are shells. Obviously, Maud tore apart part of the <clears throat> reproductive organs, if we want to call them, and and many. Eggs which hadn't come to full term yet. In my defence, it got to ten twenty. I don't know what your expectations were. She wanted to watch MasterChef. I love this. It's true. She did. I would love Shan to be a police officer, like hunting a serial killer, and spend years tracking him. And then, just as she's about to close in on his lair, the clock ticks over, and she's like, "Ah, just, 
just go. Question time. It's it's time for Marcus Waring. Question time. Yeah. So yes, there are shells of varying, you know, some better, some worse, some smashed, some like just with the top taken off, like the one Hanash uh, put one of the the baby dragon turtles out of his misery. There's, you know, that one's in pretty good. I do good think um, Hanash would would go to to ride some a piece of shell out, and by his example, uh, kind of lead for the rest of us. I think that's a good shout. Okay. So you're saying Hanash is going to take one of the shells in better condition and climb into it, yeah, much akin to a barrel, and attempt to ride it out the hole at the end. And he'll he'll shout he'll shout back to everyone else if he makes it out alive. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at what kind of role we need to make here. We're just gonna wait for him to wait for him to navigate the the internal internal organs of this of this beast, and eventually he'll just shout from outside in the water. Yeah, yeah guys, I'm fine. <laughs> or like knock on the ocean. I think I think we all I think we all prep and go. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, die. I think we all prep. We all prep and just just go with the same idea. Okay, you're all prepping. Can we have the? In the background, there's the music to uh, Cool Runnings. <laughs> what, I can see clearly now the rain has... No, I can, clear, I can see clearly. No, when they're like... When they're going down the toboggan. It's not a toboggan, it's a sled. They're a bobsled team. At no point are they tobogganists. When they're going down on the bobsled... We are a Jamaican tobogganist. All of you are trying this, yes? Yeah. I feel that this should be yeah. music. Well, we can put music in, Chan. If we, I, what I suggest we do is we spend the money we were going to spend on um, the Christmas party and we'll blow that entire budget <laughs> on licensing something like Bitty McLean or something like that. Uh, and we'll, we'll get we'll get a professional track in the background here. Right, because so, everyone, all of everyone you. knows the thing that's the thing that's famous about Cool Runnings is the is the music used in Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's a great film. It's a great film. It's a real tearjerker. Rest in peace, John Candy. Rest in peace. I would love to see John Candy try and get inside a bobsled. <laughs> that I would have paid money for. Right. Can all of you and the people who aren't here make me a dexterity, just a pure dexterity check, please? Oh, for the love of God. Ooh. Um, Tati got a 23. Aristobulus got a 4. Okay. Belsia, Hanash, Hanash got Lord. 17. Belsia got a natural one. <laughs> Amazing. Maud, what'd you get? And we're going. We're yeah, going just pure dexterity, please. 15. 15. Okay, okay. So, each of you picking an egg, you line yourselves up almost akin to the top of like the Cresta run or a bobsled run or something like that as 
panache is the first. You have to grab the sides and hop, a bit like somebody in a uh, sack race. <laughs> you hop towards the opening as panache, almost like a tractor beam. The, the, the biology of the creature is designed for these eggs to be drawn towards this opening as he is sucked into the opening, a bit like somebody going down a sort of like water slide, as you hear him screaming as he's enveloped within this kind of puckered uh, sphincter, almost a warm, wet, puckered sphincter, as you hear Hanash sucked into it, and you just hear a muffled scream from the other side, as you presume he's okay, as each of you, Tatty, you're in an egg with Barbara in there with you, Maud, you're with Marvin, as... Um, Aristob. Maud would like to shout out Stanka. <laughs> Stanka, man. I'm a dead. Aristobulus goes in with his feet sticking out head first. And then you, Belsia, go last. And as you go, you hop along. Just as you get sucked into the edge of the portal, your egg shatters into a <laughs> hundred pieces. <laughs> As you are a breach birth. <laughs> as, as you go in sideways, wedged inside the... I'm not even going to name... I'm, listeners, I'm not even going to try and name the anatomy. Whatever this whatever this tube is, it's probably not a fallopian tube. Whatever, birthing canal. The birthing canal. You're wedged sideways inside the birthing canal. You, are you now the birthing canal? You came up with estrogenital <laughs> cathedral, but you couldn't... Get your brain to birthing canal. Come up with birthing canal. Hey, once bitten, twice shy, all right? I I have... (laughs) Nope. You need a refund for that education. Hey, 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 hey. Look, I was bitten by a turtle's foof, and I am not going back in there again. I am not glibly naming bits of anatomy, because... We're just going to drop out of all the podcast listening charts if I just start, like shaming and naming bits of anatomy i would like to openly apologize if you have if you have ovaries or a uterus if you know somebody who has ovaries and a uterus i would like to apologize on behalf on behalf of who the podcast or me or like men in general or like what the the, the people of the adventurers anonymous podcast would like to apologize to anyone who has ovaries or a uterus uh, unreservedly, um, <laughs> even if you did, even if you didn't listen to that episode, we would like to apologise. It's yeah. Feels. Are we limiting that to the human race, or are we like apologising to cows and pigs? And no, no, no. Why, why no. limit the apology? I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll do something wrong to other other races. That Any, anyone with an, an ovi, ovi positioner or an ovi positioner? Ovipositor? Is that a thing? I think that's a thing. Wasn't wasn't he the leader of Russia at one point? Who's (laughs) Ovipositor? Oh, yes. (laughs) It sounds like a minor character from Warhammer. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Minor character. Ovipositor, yeah. Uh, He's one of the Primarchs, Matt. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) there we go. Okay, so as each of you is sucked into the warm, wet, dark envelopment to the birthing tube, you feel the walls of the canal tighten in around you as you're pushed by muscle contraction down the channel, each of you closing your eyes. Matt, you find yourself wedged as you go to shout at your friends as they you hear their distant screams going down the tunnel. Oh, God. It's every nightmare of being a 
slightly larger person in a water slide. Um, <laughs> that sounds far too specific to be made up. <laughs> Curiously specific. Yeah. I'm guessing it's already quite slick. It's not a question of lubrication. Yes. There's um, the surface of the walls around you are warm and wet and pulsating and tightening in around you. It's almost like you can feel the walls trying to push you, but like you've got an arm half bent around behind your back, <laughs> yeah. like a bit like a person at the bottom of a pylon or a bundle. Like you, you're you're just wedged and jammed in a in a awkward way as you hear a mumble from one pocket as you hear Cato is like oh my god what the fuck have you done as you just hear Pacato on your other shoulder who's like <laughs> as you see Cato just biting at the wall uh, of the birth canal it's alright lads we'll get out of here um, I, I close my eyes count to ten um I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pull the emergency blink cord. I saved my third level slot for an emergency. <laughs> so I grab Kato and put Kato close to me and I, I, I <laughs> blink into the ethereal plane. Um, do you come back out of the ethereal plane? What happens at this point? Um, actually I need to roll a d20 first. Um, He's born as a small turtle. Uh, yeah, if I don't get 11 or higher, I'm stuck. 14. Okay, yeah, so I I, I blink into the ethereal plane. Um, I stroll calmly <laughs> towards the exit. I'm assuming I'm... <laughs> I really want there to be a copy of this exact situation in the ethereal plane <laughs> that you have to get out of, and then you just pop back in. Actually, yeah, I don't. I think you. I think you. It, you reappear it has to be like a... you reappear on the material plane, like ten feet away or something like that, or within ten feet. So... It has to be a space I can see. So I assume I can see down the birthing canal a bit closer to the to the cloaca. Can I just kind of? Uh, try yeah, and... you can't really see anything at this point. So I say we're going to birth you into a different place. Um, just roll me a pure d20 and we'll see how it goes for you this is going to represent luck listeners 15 that's going to be 15. good 15 that's good enough for me right so we're going to pan back to the rest of you as you're going down this warm wet birthing canal of a log flume inside your shells as each of you fear a jolt and a smash as the very um Dragon Turtle is shaken from side to side as you hear an amazing roar coming from the walls around you. Um, as Hanash, you pull the ripcord on Blink. As you blink out of existence, somewhere a Dragon Turtle sighs a sigh of relief as um, the blockage inside her birthing canal is released. As you blink back into reality, from the plane. For, for, for several moments, Hanash, you find yourself walking across a starlit plane of darkness with little twinkles of light as you walk hand in hand with the crow and the potato 
across the ethereal realms, looking at the infinity of the universe as you flash back into, just as you look up at the constellations of the stars and you start connecting patterns. Um, it's all You cheese. blink back into reality as you fall <laughs> several feet from the air and land. The wind knocked out of you. You find yourself on the windswept surface of the dragon turtle on top of its shell. <laughs> oh, neat. Um, yeah, I just, I, I pet Kato and I say, I told, told you I'd get us out of here. All there. I mean, we're now stuck in another place, but at least we're outside. As you gather up the potato and the crow, you stand on your feet just to be rocked by the same crash and event that, that shook your, your friends down below. As you look up, your eyes widening as you see the port of Nicodranus closing in on you, just as the dragon turtle smashes into the port wall of Nicodranus. You're smashed off your feet, landing, air knocked out of you, as the rest of the gang are birthed straight out of the bottom of the dragon turtle, you land on hard rock and broken sand as each of you is birthed from the darkness out into the light you see the sea some 20 or 30 feet behind you lapping gently against smashed stone and broken timber as you hear the screams we're at the we're at the uh, port of Nicodranus you have uh, the at this point, anyone with high enough perception works out that the beast in pure agony, in its death throes, has swam in any direction it can, as it feels its insides getting wrenched, and has smashed into the port town of Nicodranus. As Belsia, you stand and look around as you just see smashed buildings, broken timbers, fires blazing. As you look up on the hill and you see the church of um, St. Silas and the blind pauper high up on the hill as you see people running around like ants down below and you realise the sheer scale of the destruction as Ermenfrau has ploughed into the port. You hear a pathetic growl coming from Ermenfrau as she's clearly in a very, very bad way as you see her flailing around as her, her feet knock over buildings from side to side. The rest of you are just behind the turtle at this point. In and amongst the wreckage. Someone needs to put this portal. Are we up. are we still in the water, did you say? If we were birthed. No, you're on the edge of the water. As you look up Tatty brushing off pieces of shell, you make sure Barbara's okay and she seems to be. As you look behind you and you can see the water lapping up onto the edge of the broken quayside. You just see the harbour wall has collapsed into the water and various stones are jutting up. You see broken boats and flotillas floating in the water. You see dead bodies out in the harbour and you hear bells ringing and screams coming from all around you. Can I do something real dumb? Um, does this does Ermenfrau seem like she's in good enough health that she can swim out to sea? I'm happy to do oh, a God. perception check. Um, maybe a nature check with disadvantage. Or oh, hang on, hang on. Let me just check. One sec. Make me a wisdom check. 
Just wisdom. Make me a can wisdom check, you? but you can you can you can add your nature proficiency if you want. I don't have. Prof- I don't. So just make Go me on. a wisdom check in that case. Can we just stop and address the fact that Matt has a decanter? Doesn't <laughs> everyone? And it is. This is what I get for pinning AJ to the Oh, look at that, listeners. Matt's got a decanter of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, he does. I found out my local Bernardos. Is that how Um, you pronounce it? Bernardos. Bernardos? Other than that, you've got a crystal piss bottle. You might not like toilet (laughs) breaks during D&D. Yeah. 13 wisdom check. Sorry, 13 wisdom, did you say? Um... You have no full way of knowing because even if you were a vet, this creature is on a scale far beyond normal animal husbandry. <laughs> he said, get that word in. <laughs> um, from a 13, I will say you can see enough damage on the outside that it doesn't look good for Ermenfrau. And even if, even if it did look good, the amount of manpower it would take to spin this dragon turtle round and push it back out to sea would be an operation that would require thousands of people to work together. Mm. And you're currently in the middle of the wreckage. Can you not blink it into a thing? Blink? I can't, I can't blink one thing into another thing. <laughs> oh, you can't blink it somewhere else. He can only do that to himself, I think. I can um. only blink... Belsia makes an impassioned speech to the shocked people of Nicodranus, telling them that the road to recovery for Nicodranus starts, and there's a bright future ahead where we rebuild the city, and like a phoenix, it rises from the ashes, and it starts with helping out this this turtle, and we've all got to work together to 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 show 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 that cruel sea that cruel world out there, what Nicodranus is really made of. It's people and the people are the heart of this town. And I've always, I've always said that. And also waving a cup for some money. Can can I, uh, fully supporting this, this passionate speech, can I give, can I give Belsiar advantage on one? <laughs> I'm saying yes. And are you saying you, choice. Want, you, you want to be my hype man? Make me a performance check and I'll say, yeah, advantage, because okay. why not? Uh, performance. I mean, just while, just while, before you tell me the result, can we just work out whether you've all gathered back together? Because Belsiar was in the top of the turtle and you were all at the back of the turtle. Are we saying that you've reconvened? Yeah, I think we, I think we reconvened. If you're going to be offering him. On the, on the, I don't know, somewhere that looks reasonably stable, quite close to the dragon turtle. So with your way up to the apex, you make your way up to the back of the turtle, one of the highest points. As you look down, you see the head slumped on the ground with Ermenfrau's tongue giant, uh, coming out the side of her mouth. As you see somebody pinned underneath her tongue, you just see a pair of legs flapping around as someone's been squashed under the lolling tongue of the dragon turtle. As Belsiar stands on the apex of the shell, and much like a zealot on Twitter, speaks to his people. What did you get? Um, uh, best I can give you is, is an 11. An 11. As you see the people running around, one or two of them, you see two people on either side of a fallen timber 
from a building that's crushed somebody as you see the man screaming as both people stop trying to help the man to look over at you as you give your impassioned um, speech as you just see a single tear roll down a man's face through the certain grime um, as people realise you're not of any help to them as they carry on their their their, <laughs> their um their best attempts i mean things are crumbling you look over and you see a, a building subside as the foundations have been in away by the flailing leg of the dragon turtle as a tower falls down and more stone rains down um into a courtyard in front of you as all of you just stand there as you just hear a voice behind you as aristobulus just says Wow. Just looking at the pure scale of destruction with which you've created, as Cato just says, Well, you've really fucked it up this time, haven't you? Impressive. One for the port. I don't see you helping. One of these days, Cato. One is straight to the moon. Um... (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to um can I walk up to like where the head of Ermin Frack is just kinda like is is her head just kinda like resting on the ground, like eyes yeah. half yeah, open. Yeah, yeah. You you see her head sideways, her tongue is lolling out. There's somebody who's half dead now pinned underneath her tongue as you just see a leg twitching. Um as you see her eye lid is just slowly opening and closing as it's getting drowsier and drowsier, as you hear a groan out the front of her giant head. I'm going to drag Aristobulus over. Um, Tati is just going to like walk up to, to Ermin Frau's head, just put like a, I don't know, maybe just like run his hand, like just say sorry, essentially. Uh, I, I'm really sorry that this happened. We, 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 we fucked up. Uh, if you can get out of here, I would suggest it. Uh, What's the, what's the, like, what does the mood look like? And the people that are running around, do they look like they're <laughs> gathering weapons to attack the dragon turtle? No. From what okay. you've, so several things. You've, you've made a very interesting point there. So the dragon turtle's head is ginormous. It's the size of, like, a roundabout. Now, I realise a roundabout is a British thing, and there aren't many roundabouts in America, but it's a big, big, big thing, the head. So, Tati, you are on the head. If you want to be by the eye talking to her, you are standing on her head sideways um as you stand just above her eye and you bend down and you say comforting words to the dragon turtle ermine frau as she is in considerable amounts of pain she she it wouldn't be it wouldn't be silly to presume she's possibly dying judging by what you've seen of her insides um as you look around the spirit of the city is one a of panic be of chaos, but also people are busy protecting themselves, protecting their families. Um, people are more in shock. Still early days, this event has just happened. You do, however, see one man looting. You see him just running through the wreckage, going through bodies and taking coin purse, things like that, as, as even in tragedy, that's, there's always that's somebody out. who will try and turn it... <laughs> That's we we caused the disaster. We deserve the loot. (laughs) Don't say that out loud in Nicodranus ever again. (laughs) 
Hanash is just saying, I'm, I'm sorry, buddy, I gotta do this. And he's just hitting it, hitting Ermenfrau with a stick to try and kill it. Wow. Can I use um, Entangle? That, that, yeah. My idea, my idea is that if we can get a purchase on them, if we we come together for um, Ermenfrau, she could be code <laughs> back to the scene. Not that I'm a party pooper. Oh, Fine. here we are. It was all, we are the rule of... Saying, in, entangle is a 20-foot radius, I think, is it? Yeah. Entangle is a, is a 20-foot square. So, I mean, 20 feet square is her foot. So, if you want to entangle her foot, you are more than welcome to with reeds, but almost grapple something to the ground. So yes, you could do. But I, I, I'm i not here to stop you if you really want to. Like, but it's not going to work. But I would say that, I feel that you couldn't possibly all of her. I'm sad. Is there not? Is it? Well, I don't want to use fairy fire on her. That's not going to happen. Is there not like a dying moment? You want to light her up? There are a lot of druids in Nicodranus. Who can everyone? If everyone works together, they can. All the druids can come out and push it out to sea. Can I? This is this. Uh, this is going to be a strange one because um, I don't have that much experience with my with my strange. Uh, what I can only describe as death magic um, in that voice. Would I be able to, because my weird magic involves like the and like the, um, like the the spirits essentially? Would I be able to, like reach out to that in like find Ermin for hours? Like, I'm trying to figure out whether, mm. whether whether I'm trying to figure yeah. out whether we're thinking we should heal her a little bit and get her on her way or whether we should be thinking about like laying her to rest. And having turtle stew. Being that well, this I mean, is Hanash, new Hanash for you. Covered. <laughs> Hanash just joined Belsiar and kicking Ermenfrau slowly <laughs> into the next life. Tati, what you just said makes a lot of sense, but it's a new thing for you. It's an into. So I would say make me a religion check with disadvantage if you would like to do something like that and see whether, because you're in an intimate place on the head of this dragon turtle as you're whispering sweet nothings. Is the head an intimate place? Depends what you do with it, you know. Let's let that comment breathe for a little while. Let's just yeah. give that one some space. Get a, Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> you know what? Uh, brave word from Boy. Oh, I know it's not in their head. I know it's not in their head, listeners. <laughs> um, I don't know what a uterus is, but I'm kind of going to band around some words I don't know anyway. Fallopian. <laughs> <laughs> Progesterone. 
Um, Chlamydia. I got an 11. I got an 11. Okay. I, I just want to cut you off at this point, AJ. <laughs> Make this end. <laughs> I got an 11. As you kneel down by the ginormous, I mean, the scale of the eye of Ermenfrau is larger than you are. Looking at her eye is like a glassy pond in front of you with a leathery kind of like hood going over the top of it. As you, you lay one hand down on the edge of her eye as you speak to her and you close your eyes and you try and channel in to what's going on. For a moment, you get flickering images in your mind of a baby turtle. You get almost mental images of Ermenfrau when she was just a little baby baby turtle, which you imagine would be thousand or two years ago. As you look down and you realise you're slowly moving as tears are welling up in her eye duct, but because she's sideways, they have nowhere to go, as almost like a salty river of tears washes you out of her eye cavity as you slowly slide down the side, landing on the ground as you hear a groan and a release of air as a final breath comes out the front of Ermenthrau's mouth as her tongue finally stops lolling and rests on the floor as an expellation of air comes out of the f- I think I think Tatty just like as himself he just like, like you said, this is all very unfamiliar to him, but he just kind of like sits in that moment for a little bit, just like, uh, just like takes in the, the enormity of this creature's life and the way that it died. Um, and he, he just says, um, just very quietly in front of, in front of the dead dragon turtle's head, um, just says, I hope, I hope you find peace in the next life. That's nice. As Anna, she's trying to stab this. this You're in a better place now, buddy. <laughs> turns out we turns out we've absolutely got Hanasha's vibe nailed, which is doing. Te- <laughs> You just see Aristobulus has got one foot up on a gum and he's trying to pull out a dragon turtle tooth. As <laughs> he's like, I want a memento. I'm going to put it around my neck. As each of the teeth of a dragon is, you know, like far larger than several gravestones. Like It's like a boulder. Um, now, for the first time, as that moment passes, You've been so zoned in with the life force that's been dwindling and draining out of the dragon turtle that you've been like razor focused in on that. All the loudness and the enormity around and look and you just see crumbled down towers and buildings. You see smoldering and smoking wrecks of of different, you know, domestic hamlet. As you see people running around trying to pick up boulders, you see crying families around a broken body. Uh, and you just see a single child holding onto a teddy bear, just crying on the edge of the square, looking around hopelessly for a parent that's nowhere near. As a lady comes and just scoops up the child into her arms, and you sense that this is not her mother, but right now there is a, a sense of togetherness in the city as they work together to one purpose, to try and get through this moment. 
Uh, what time? What time of and day? That's is where it? we're going to pause for a drink. Oh. Quickly. Um, we'll pick up with that. In a minute, Tatty. Uh, we will just, just stop for a quick drinks break because this is quite a convenient place before you gather your thoughts. Um, what time of day? Um, middle of the afternoon. Uh, the sun is over the horizon. It's middle of the afternoon. It's not a warm day. There's a light drizzle in the air. It's quite cloudy. Um, but it's so smoky with all of the fires going on there. It's quite hard to tell what's going on at the moment. Um, right, we'll just have a very quick five-minute drinks break there just because it's a nice punctuation to the storyline and then we will pick back up in a minute. All right. True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account where we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots and interviews, live streams with the Adventurers Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Right. Are we all sitting comfortably? Because we need to finish reasonably on time tonight, as poor Chanel is in a lot of pain with a broken tooth and is bravely pushing on through in this incredibly upbeat episode full of hope and joy and positivity. Um, so if you are living comfortably, then we oh. will begin. <laughs> Listener, Chanel is, is <laughs> wait, miming wait. If I could just, if bad I could just... things. <laughs> great. great, great. Oh, dear Lord. Such yep. sadness in the players, listeners, that you'll never be able to see. There's a real funk. Um, right. So, as we pick back up... You killed the turtle that we tried to save. I didn't kill the fucking oh, turtle. You guys mashed up its insides and then rolled a number we of poor rolls. Turtle, I guess. Uh, it's a group effort. It's a group effort. Um, yeah. As all of you gather together, Tatty, as I told you just before the break, for the drinks break, or just after we stopped for the drinks break, it's late afternoon, sorry, it's the middle of the afternoon, it's quite an overcast day, the turtle has not smashed through the entire city, it's merely collapsed onto the edge of the city through the port, which um, you remember was called Dredger's Wharf. It's where you had originally met Captain James P. Jibberstop and his little party bow, and it's where you had commissioned um, Dutch Nuggets. Dutch Nuggets, yeah. Um, whose actual real name you established was Flemish Nuggets. Uh, it's that part of the city which you have <laughs> bulldozed with a thousand-ton corpse of a dragon turtle. Okay. Um... I think we probably make our way to a pub and try and find somewhere to sleep for the night. <laughs> it's like it's like you read my try mind. Try and find somewhere where we can where we can stay for the night. Not that I not that I'm saying that we're turning in right yeah. now. What I mean is it's been a long time since we had a long rest. Um it's a good time to have a drink. Um but also I think maybe on the way to like finding a pub we probably or at least, at the very least, Tatty will probably try and help out a couple of people that he sees on his way with whatever they're trying to do. What about the rest of you? I like that plan. Is everyone else of a mind to do that? 
Um, I, I am currently washing Marvin. Okay. In the amniotic fluid. In the shore, because he's covered in. He's covered in goo. Yeah. So I'm washing him to make him pretty again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, is there anywhere in particular pub-wise you want to go in the city, or where was? Um, I was trying to remember the name of the place where we went before when we were in we, when yeah. we were in Nicodranus before when we went to the we went to the Saint Silas Blind Pauper Church, but we were at a pub beforehand. I'm sure I've got it written down somewhere. But I can't remember its name. Okay. I mean, just just for the sake of, as you stare into the, the chaos, you remember that you'd stayed in the Busty Barnacle pub? Busty Barnacle. Uh, which That's is in it. an area of the city right called here. Windcross. Got it right fucking here. So you'd stayed in the Busty Barnacle pub uh, in Windcross. Uh, it had a... Do they have tapas? Tapas. No, I don't think so. <laughs> they might do. Okay. Uh, just, just checking. They... Good. Maybe it's Tapas Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's probably what. Jesus Christ. So you want to go to the area of the city known as Windcross, uh, which had the Busty Barnacle pub in it. And on the way, you want to help people. Okay. So, which is kind of next to... Uh, Windcross is kind of next to uh, Cotton Mills, which is the area of the city where St. Silas and the Church of the Blind Pauper is. So you can see... Um, cotton mills that area you can see that area with the church up on the hill further up in nicodranus as you make your way up through the wreckage now now maud you have washed marvin lovingly uh in a puddle as there's not much free mm-hmm. water knocking around you've washed off a lot of the kind of blood and gore and viscera and shit as you pick little bits of shell out of his fur and you take your own comb, which you normally use for best purposes, to comb down Marvin as he pets up against the side of your face, licking at the grime on your face, and he nuzzles into your side as you pick him up under one arm um, and take him with you. I'd like to. I'd like to take off my um, take off my silk jacket, and I'll wrap Marvin in my silk jacket so that he's. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's a beautiful moment. Because I'm not a monster. You take some time to look after your beloved. As Tatty, you notice that in all this chaos and after all this stress, Barbara is close to you. She stays close to you and rubs up against you, occasionally nuzzling against your leg. As Belsia, you hear a voice in your ear as it says, Oh, I remember when we used to be like that. What changed? I, I was, I was, I was just about to to turn to Kato and say, "Give Daddy a kiss." As he <laughs> pecks at your beak, he's like, "God damn it, green bastard! If you don't start putting some effort into this relationship, well." And as for that fucking creepy I'm gonna, potato, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him something nice. I think we've been together like maybe a month now or so. Like, I think. It's the honeymoon period. This yeah. is the honeymoon period. Fuck. Jesus. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. More of a wake. Um, <laughs> as you just see Kato looking around in awe, just smiling with his hands on his hips, just screaming at 
poor people who are picking up bits of like driftwood trying to rebuild the side of their house. You just see the potato lording it over them, just putting out a little tuba hand, <laughs> like royally waving. Fully picturing, fully picturing Cato as, as Jacob Rees-Mogg. Oh, Pecato. Yeah, Pecato is a full-on Rees-Mogg, yeah. And yeah. you just see him kind of like oh, just yeah. blithely offering hand waves at the at the <laughs> at the poor and destitute. Um as each of you make your way up through the city, you just see the you see the damage that it has done to the immediate, but more than just the physical damage, it has rocked the welfare of the city, as you see like waves and waves of people have are now pouring into that part of the city. Some of them are just gawking to see what's going on. Others are coming, tears streaming down their eyes. You see people looking for loved ones whose husbands and fathers went out uh, on ships through the port. And now you just see people running around shouting names. There's a woman just shouting the name Barnabas at the top of her voice, wailing with a sorrow that is easy to relate to. Um... And then you just, you, 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 as you've walked out of that area, uh, known as, um, Dredger's Wharf, which is, it's been smashed up. You, you, you just see the rescue parties. You see the city guard are trying to coordinate help parties of people who are lifting heavy stones, trying to pull people out of basements. Uh, as you make your way out of that area of the city, you're, you're, you're traveling against the flow. Ooh, uh, before we head out of the port or what's left of it, do we see uh, Dutch Nuggets and his ship? Did they come in after us, or are they still out at sea? Um, make me a investigation check. Ugh, uh, ten. Trying to get above the crowd of people, you you you're you're just slightly outside of the carnage as you jump up on on a barrel that's attached to it's just basically a rain butt it's attached to a gutter as you stand just slightly higher than the crowd and you look out you see the carnage you see out on the edge of the quayside you just see floating planks of ships that were in the harbor when the um dragon turtles smashed into that side of the city but you don't particularly see anything that looks like the rusty bucket or anyone or anything associated with dutch nuggets okay no worries um, it's not urgent that we find him. Um. As you make your way up, one thing you do notice, you see um, you see a greengrocer desperately trying to get his wares out of the front of his shop. As people are just sweeping past, you see a man who's laid all his wares out in the front who's desperately trying to put them all into crates and move everything back in and shut up shop. You see there was a lot of commerce here and this kind of atmosphere is not conducive to selling goods you see a green grocer and you see his apple spilling around all over the floor as him and his wife try and bring in their fruit and veg before people are just stealing them or some of them are getting smashed you see like plums being yeah. smashed into the cobblestones i think if anything tatty's probably the negative the the pessimistic the pessimist in tatty is probably on the lookout for people starting to loot um, if he sees people looting, he's probably not going to respond, respond too kindly to that. If they look like they're... You've already seen one looter. I mean, away, been and gone. Yeah, if they, if they look like they're getting their wares away successfully, then he's probably kind of all right with it. It's just 
they're trying with every smashed vegetable he's just sighing and you can just see profit going um as he's he's doing his very best he's trying to like it's a bit like trying to shepherd like you know livestock and sheep as you know apples are rolling down the hill on the cobbles and he's just trying to get as many of them into a crate uh and pull up the front of his shop uh, as you make your way as you look you see him like batten down the hatches close the door and you just look at kind of people just the crowds are getting busier and busier um as you make your way up the cobbled slope up towards um wind cross suddenly some of these things are looking a little bit familiar to all of you because you've been around this part of the city before certain things don't quite look the same as they did they're a bit more like you know some of them are a bit more smashed it's, you're not used to it this busy but you see you start noticing things there's like a fountain that you remember at one point and you see the stairs curve around to the left as you make your way up the stairs sticking to the edge as the sort of masses of people are traveling down jostling and bustling against each other um finally you stand outside the busty barnacle pub now it must be said this part of the city is not particularly damaged anything it's if anything just slightly overrun by people running around but it's not in any way damaged by ermine frau's arrival you stand outside the pub and you see all the you know you see the sign swinging in the breeze, the metal sign with the busty barnacle emblazoned upon it, and you see the warm candles in the lanterns at the front of the door. Um, it's got a it's got a kind of set of pub tables out the front, but nobody's sitting on them as people are just running past. You you see people see people running towards the carnage. You see people carrying injured people away. Uh, people being carried on stretchers. People you know with boxes and crates running around in all directions. Um, you see a man of kind of aristocratical, you know, breeding, kind of very, you know, as a well-dressed man who's just covered in blood and soot as he sort of like limps past you. It's a real leveller, this event. It's brought everybody down to the same level. Belsia walks into the into the uh, the busty barnacle and says, are you still doing food? <laughs> as um you just see the aracocra the um sort of half man half bird he looks like a sort of human owl um you remember his name is civic cloaca and he is the landlord of this place uh as you see him he's basically he's wearing a penny and he's standing behind the bar as he laughs he's like <laughs> right ah oh, it's you you wanktard you were the guy with a magic show Nearly uh, killed one of my customers. Yes, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Well... He's, he's still doing the uh, free for two on tapas. Well, I, I don't rightly know. I don't think I'm doing much right now. Our our chef's gone to try and find his wife. But, you know, oh. business is business. Two portions of chips and a bottle of wine. Yeah, we'll get some pork scratchings. Um, anyone who wants to get involved make me a persuasion check (laughs) what about turtle scratchings oh boy well you've changed from like the death of a turtle (laughs) is a tragedy to let's get it's awful (laughs) all right Greenpeace well 19 Um, 8 as he looks at you just kind of I'll buy you some chips. He looks at you shaking his head as he's like, look, best I can do you 
is some cold cuts, all right? I could probably get you some cold cheese, cold meat and bread. But quite frankly, should we not be giving that to people in need? Are you in need? Okay. We've had a tough day. All right. It's been a long day. All right. I don't know what they're saying. Something about... You want to deny it evening some food? All right. All right. All right. Look, you look like you're doing all right. So look, two silver. Give me two silver. I'll sort you out with some plates of food. I'll even throw in a mug of ale each. Oh, perfect. I'll, 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 I'll pick that up. Thanks, Two silver pieces slide across the counter as he, he slowly decants each of you a chipped mug. It's always a chipped mug. It's never a, you know, clean mug in one of these places. You get a chipped mug of a foamy brown ale, which is, it's not the highest quality ever, and it's got a kind of sediment to it that turns your teeth and gets stuck, you know, in your gum line. But it's it's welcome after Been everything chewing, you've done. Your beer. As each of you sits by the fire, pushing away destitute and homeless people and orphans out of the way, each of you sits by the warmth of the hearth. Absolutely not. That's absolutely not what we're doing. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, all right, all right. But That's you what do. Belsia's doing. But but you do see you, you do see wet <laughs> y- you see destitute people who've come into the pub looking for help and Civic Cloaca is doing his very best to to do what he can. He's offering up some of his rooms free to um people who need help in this current climate. He's he's a lovely man. Um as each of you sips on your mug of ale, the tiredness. I will allow I will allow sad people to pet Marvin as a therapy goat. That's my um that's what I will allow. As you see a little girl, you see a little girl with matted and tangled hair and a sooty face as she comes up to you and she says, Is he friendly? No. <laughs> but Oh. And I, I give I give Marvin a sort your shit out look. Marvin understands. He knows that the little girl um, needs some kindness, so he allows himself to. As you put Marvin down and unwrap him from his silk robes, you see he bows his head as the little girl rubs down the side of his face, as she's like, "Oh, he's lovely." What's his name? His English name is Marvin. (laughs) Right. What's his government name? His joke name is. She's like, you're funny. I like you. Why have you got a beehive on your back? Is your mum dead? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My mum died in an alleyway years ago. I was raised by my father. Well. Oh, you're not very nice. Would you like to throw Marvin some more? I should have known. You can see it in your eyes. Nah, I'm okay, thank you. As she looks at you and just slowly steps backwards, she bangs into the edge of a table and jumps. And she's like, okay, yeah, got to be going now. As you just see her kind of like skip through the legs of people and she vanishes Before out the front door goes, of the I'm pub. I'm going to give her a piece of cheese because I feel bad <laughs> for biting. 
The single greatest NPC interaction any of us have ever had. But maybe, maybe the only thing that comes close is Hanasha's 360 degree performance review with Jerry. That was absolutely, that was, that was pure fucking liquid gold. There was a very good bit once in the court case that was happening um, with the dwarfs where Hanash was just sitting in the visitor's box with a small child who was playing with the spike on his head uh, and he forced the child to go and get nachos or something like that if he wanted to play with the prong sticking out of his head. Um, So, Maud, could you please make... All right, yeah. Could you make me a persuasion check, please, Maud, if you would like to do that? She's starving. Why am I persuading her to take cheese? Because you're feral. You look like a demon. You're covered in shit and blood. 20. How many types of cheese have we got? 20. Uh, I can't answer 20 that. 20 types of cheese. Belsia. I can't answer that, Belsia. You'll oh. have to look in your own inventory for how many wheels of cheese you've got going on <laughs> Skyrim style. Um, <laughs> as, as a reference... Um, Maud, <laughs> you scare her off. You're rude, you're short, you're terse. She backs up. You see a bang into the edge of a table as she jumps. She's like, oh, uh, yeah. As she goes to leave, as you open up, um, you've got a piece of cloth inside your inventory. As you open it, you see a crumbly white cheese. As you break off a chunk of it and you hold it out in your claw to her, as she looks at you and you can see the predicament she's in, She's hungry and she's lonely, but she's also scared. As she darts back, whips the piece of cheese out of your hand, says, thank you, and just vanishes in between the legs of the patrons and vanishes. You see her scuttle out the front door and turn left. Uh, I feel less bad now. As Civic Cloaca says, that was a nice thing you did there. I think we're nice people, aren't we? Fuck off, you can't have any more cheese. As I <laughs> gobble down my... You don't get any cheese. I, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. I, I've got one last bed left. I've got one last room. If you want to stay there, I'll let all of you stay in the attic bedroom. That sounds good. I mean, three I'll silver happily, pieces. I'll, yeah, I was going to say I'll happily, I'll happily pay for pay for the room. Um, Even Marvin. Three silver pieces, yeah. and I tell you what. I tell you what. Yes, your pet can stay. These are difficult times. As he looks over at the potato on Belsia's shoulder, he's like, all right, yeah, okay. As he looks away from the potato, like shakes his head in disbelief, looks back and he's like, three silver pieces, I tell you what, I'll even throw you in a bowl of stew for dinner. How was that sound? These are difficult times and we all need to band together. You're a gentleman and a scholar. And hmm. I, I hand him. I That's hand him all right. Thanks, Thank you Harry. very much. It's all right, you got it. As he, as uh, one of his bar staff looks after the bar, as he takes you up the stairs, um, Belsiar, you pass the stage that you once nearly killed someone on. As you make your way up the rickety stairs at the back of the bar, you make your way past the first floor and past the second floor, up into the third floor. Um, Hanash peering into an open door where he looks at the bridal suite that he once stayed in. Noticing the stain on the floor <laughs> from where he once put out a fire by pissing on it, as you hurriedly get ushered 
up into the attic as the door's a little bit stiff as Civic Cloaca boots the door with a clawed foot as it opens up and you sort of... It's small but cosy. There's a giant bed uh, tucked under one of the eaves and a fireplace. Um, as he says, there's logs there and a bit of kindling. You get yourself a fire going and warm up. Dinner's at seven. Stew if you like it. Stew if you don't. Is, is it... <laughs> Stew if you don't. Check out. Is the bridal suite? Is the bridal suite occupied? <sighs> make me a perception. Uh, yeah, make me a perception check to see whether you noticed on the way past. I'm going to use uh, Hanash's perception because he's the one who's interested. Uh, Eleven. <laughs> Roll it with advantage if you're using Hanash because he's the one who stared into the room. <laughs> I made a point of that. That's another 11. Wow. Um, looked pretty empty, to be honest. It had the sort of heart-shaped bed uh, and all the petals, which are a bit dried up now on the floor. Seemed... seemed... <laughs> Hanash, would, Hanash would like to ask uh, Civic Larker if he can stay in the, the bridal suite for all time's sake. As uh, Civet listens to him, shakes his head, and is like, "No, I'm sorry. I've got a, I've got a Tabaxi family that need to stay in there. Their home got destroyed by that dragon turtle. Don't know what that's all about, but maybe they can top and tail with another family. <laughs> I've got, I've Hanash, Hanash proffers a gold piece. Got a shiny gold piece." Wow. Uh, make me a persuasion check. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, oh, this is character so, somewhere Jerry is, <laughs> Jerry is rubbing his gleeful little demon paws together like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hanash has a minus one to persuasion. So that's a five. A five. Like, <laughs> Civic Cloaca is a man of... Mercy, he is an upright citizen. He doesn't even, he's not even tempted by the money. He's like, no, in these times we must band together. Even if that means a family of five tabaxis are staying on a vibrating heart-shaped bed <laughs> covered in petals. Well, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> also, it's quite hard to top and tail in a heart-shaped bed. Um, you know, that, your feet will be a, meeting in the middle. You passed. All right. <laughs> look like I said stew for dinner if you like it stay here use the firewood if you do anything you use in the mini bar I will charge you for as you look over <laughs> there's just like a little wooden like case, glass case and in it are like little miniature shots as he's like we check that in the morning anything that's missing out of that I'll be, uh, I'll be charging you for it's got some dry roasted nuts in a bomb if you like paprika <laughs> As uh, he just turns on a foot and just walks out the door. Thank you, Sivet. I no worries. Good to see you again. I'd like to high five Tatty. We both know that we're going for the minibar. Both of us. On your hands and feet as you get down on your knees and no, 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 high no, five Tatty. Jump, tatty jumps up for the high Low five. five. He's like, Wee! Low five Tatty. <laughs> Okay. Is there anything you'd like to do particularly? Each of you is now in this room. It's a large bed. You're all going to have to, like, Goldilocks style, like, 
Um, is that the right expression? I don't even know. All of you are going to have to get in this, the, the, the same bed, basically. Be it's a big bed, but it's what you... No, I was going to say, I'm definitely, I'm definitely <laughs> nice. sleeping on the floor. He sleeps um, in the wardrobe. There's a fireplace. Yeah, yeah. There's a wardrobe. There's a set of drawers. There's a mini bar. There's a fireplace with dry logs and kindling set next to it. Uh, as you hear now, the screams of the city and the bells ringing of people being called to help, but also you hear the gentle pitter-patter of rain on the tiles on the roof, and it's at this point you realise how tired you are. You've got a good hour before dinner is served, probably. Okay. Each of you still holding your um, mug of ale. You're allowed to take them freely around the place. I've got a couple of things that I want to do, but they would probably be better to do during business hours. There's a couple of things I want to sell. Um, but I also, okay. I'm, I also, uh, I'm conscious of the fact that you are maybe not set up mentally and emotionally for a shopping episode. Um, so I am quite happy to, I'm quite happy to let that wait. That is very kind of you. Belsia hits every shop in the city, all of them at once, every, every shop imaginable with lots of different NPC shopkeepers, each with their own accent and personality. For my own sanity, and also because of the time, um, as we probably got about 20 or so good minutes worth of playing time left, I would say that you come to the realisation that the, in this exact moment, the city is in turmoil and strife. And perhaps if you wait until things calm down and reach an equilibrium, you may find a shopping experience slightly more traditional. Uh, having seen the greengrocer <laughs> barring his door to try and keep, you know, his stock in one piece, you imagine that most places in the city are probably shut up shop and or sent their staff home early to try and check on loved ones and things like that. So, um, the city is in flight or fight mode at the moment. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing I was thinking of, and I'm going to open this out to the rest of the group because. We are in Nicodranus. This is the same. This is the place where uh, Petunia Perineus uh, presides over the Abbey, the person that asked us to get the Emmentals. Now, she made a deal with us to give us information about Theolian for, in exchange for essentially the five Emmentals. Um, I maybe if we turn up with two of them and give them to her, she'll see it in her good God-fearing heart to give us a little bit of information. But also I, I'm quite happy to not do that and just wait. What would we do with a little, with 40% of the information? Do you think that would be enough to? That's the thing. I don't know if she'd, it's, it basically it's, I don't think it's predicated on how much information she has. It's predicated on how much information she's willing to give. Um, so I don't know if, if having two out of five would be enough for her to give us a, a little nugget of, of useful information. It can hurt. Yeah. I'm quite happy to go talk to her or if you guys want to come with as well. I'll come with. Perfectly fine. Um, from your memory, Tatty, I'm just going to put this out there just as a DM breaking the fourth wall slightly. 
you, she, she told you and you read through the diary that you needed to find four to unlock the fifth. So um, you've actually got 50% of the goods that she asked you for. Because this is what I was going to ask you. Did Was there anything in the diary that said, to basically, to get the fifth Emmental is predicated on having all four of them, all four of the the first four in your possession? Okay. I don't know if it was like she just wanted them and by turning up with two of them and being like, here's a little advance on... on well, the, well that, that's on an the aside, but what I'm saying is if you're thinking about how much leverage you have, you have in your possession 50% of the things she asked you to get, not a lower amount. So mm. you're about 50% of the way round this. It would, Go fetch my yeah, frying so it, pan quest. <laughs> um... Yeah, it would be it would be more like just an update on where we're at. This is what we have. Also, can we get an advance on the information that was promised? Um, almost like a proof of concept. Um, so now we could go. We could go talk to her. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about doing, which potentially is slightly more risky, um, is. And I, I'm going to take out the Earth Emmental and the Wind Emmental and just put them... I'm kind of like just sat with my back against the wall, just like with my with my knees up. Um, kind of the place where I'm going to be sleeping, essentially. I'm just going to put them on the ground in front of me um, and say, if we want to do some kind of investigation of these things, if anyone... And I'm going to just gesture to Belsiar and Aristobulus, like, if you want to do some detect magic-y type thing on these and try and figure out what they are. Um, it might be dangerous. It might not. Um, I did... Well, on, on that note, I was wondering, are these, are these like, physically cheese-like in that they're not, like, rocks that look like cheese? They are literally cheese. You may have to investigate. But Belsiar takes... One of the Emmentals and, yeah, tries to work out if they're, like, uh, materially cheese or some mm. kind of matter masquerading as cheese. Uh, that's a natural one. <laughs> can I Can I do the same natural thing? Natural one. I was going gonna, was, was to try and give, give you advantage, but to be honest, I think I have a fairly good investigation <laughs> if you want to just let me roll it. I, I hand over as one of my rules of DMing, I think if you're going to do advantage, you need to have declared that before the first person rolls their thing. Otherwise, everyone would always suddenly declare advantage when they rolled low. Um, a one. As Tatty picks up one of them, does it matter to you which one you pick up? No. I don't. No. no. Okay. Tatty picks up the wind, Emmental, as um, Belsia, you pick up the other one. As you pick it up, it slips out of your hand. And for the longest time, you all watch it as it falls and bangs onto the edge of the hearth as a sudden intake of air from all of you as it lands on its side, rolls and just lands on the floor. As you pick it up, look it over, waiting for it to be broken. There's not a single scratch on it. Um, But you're none the wiser as to whether it's cheese or not. But it certainly didn't break on impact with stone. Nor does it have any kind of... Physical damage. You do see it has symbols engraved on it. Um, 
I got a 25 for investigation on the other one. Jesus H. Christ. As the slightly more controlled Tatty picks his wind and tile up, looks at it, you turn it around, you try and bend it. It is not flexible in any way. It is a strong material, stone-like and cold to the touch as you give it the old scratch and sniff. You get the feeling it's fossilised cheese. It's probably bean cheese at some point, but it's so old it's it's fossilised. Are there any markings on this one? Yeah, they're all. They're both of them are covered with um, various scrawlings and markings and patterns around the edge, uh, and each of them has a large symbol in the middle. Uh, this wind one um, has almost like a trumpet with air blasting out the end of it, inscribed on it, or the equivalency of. Mm. This is normally the point where we'd feed it to Hanash, but I, I don't know if that would react well <laughs> with the other things inside him. Yeah, I feel like at this point we've used him as too much of a we've used him as too much of a like melting pot of just like random MacGuffins. Uh, Going to be a science. Let's see what happens. As you look over, you just see Hanash and Aristobulus in the fireplace. They've both got like they're both trying to start a fire as um, Aristobulus is just striking a firelighter on Hanash's spike, sticking out of his head, trying to get a spark <laughs> to light some kindling. Okay, I guess let's, let's go see Petunia before dinner, and then we can have dinner and get a night's rest, um, if, that sounds, if that sounds agreeable. Um, I think we could all do with a night's rest, but while we're here, I kind of want to go talk to Petunia. Yeah. You must all have insomnia. I'm pretty sure all other characters have been awake for about seven days straight. <laughs> we definitely had a long rest, I think, or at the very least a short rest where people, most people got a nap when we were on the boat. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's when... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Making your way down, you've all secured. I don't know what you want to secure, but you leave some of your belongings there. You're taking the Emmentals with you, of course. Um, just as Aristobulus manages to get a spark and a light going in the fireplace, it leaps into life and crackles and splutters as the kindling catches on fire. You're like, we're off. As he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> really? It's good practice. I'll sh- I'll show you how to I'll show you how to to light a fire properly when we come back. As he blows it out, he's like, "Yeah, you fucking better." Um, as you all make your way down the stairs, now you see other people coming and going. You pass the door to the bridal suite as you see the Tabaxi family uh, making their way in. They look broken and dishevelled and tired. Uh, one of them has a damaged or broken leg and is kind of splinted up and being carried by some of his relatives. Um, and you see an ancient tabaxi with who's like Grandpa Tabaxi, who's got like white hair and whiskers uh, and looks old and frail. As you make your way past them on the stairs, you actually pause to let them up the stairs politely as you make your way back down to see much of the same in the tap room that you'd seen before, the hustle, the bustle, um, you know, the usual. It's, it's, 
it's a mixed thing. You've you've both got kind of the poor and destitute that have been welcomed in by Civic Cloaco, but you also have those two bar regulars, the two regulars that would be sitting at a stool at the bar at the end of the apocalypse. They turn up every night without fail to the bar, even in times of crisis. They're just sitting there drinking the same drink that they probably have every single night, talking about the weather. Uh, as you make your way through the bar... I feel I feel seen. <laughs> Is there anything you want to do before you leave here for for the uh, to see Sister Perineus? Um, I would. Um, uh, go on. I've got fifteen gold pieces in my inventory, and I would like to give five of those gold pieces to the Tabasco family. Okay. Oh. I don't hate everybody. I just hate some people. But I don't want them to know, so I'm going to give it to uh, Civic Cloaca to give to them because he seems very trustworthy. As he, l- you're giving him five gold pieces to give to the Tabaxi family. As he looks at you, you can see him weighing you up as a moral character. He'd written you off as a cockwomble. He genuinely thought you were a bit of a like fuck trumpet. Uh, from what you did earlier, but he, he gives you that slow nod. Do you know the slow nod? Did, did, did yeah, you abused a small child um, verbally. <laughs> As do you know? Do you know the slow nod meme? The like the gif of the slow nod. He gives you the kind of like nod of reassurance. Like, do you know what? You're not as bad as I thought. As he slides the five gold pieces across the counter, and he puts them in a small cup. And puts them on the bar so that they, uh, on the shelf behind so that they won't get like you know taken or lost or put in with the profits and stuff. As he promises to pass them, as he as he looks at him, he says, "Would you like me to turn that into food and drink for them, or would you like me to just give them straight up five gold?" Um, I'd like you to give them straight up five gold, and if they want to use it for food and drink, that's up to them. Or even you want. All um, right, no, I understand. If you want to feed them for free then they can use that five gold for um for getting back on their feet all right do you know what i'll do that you do a coin turn i'll do a coin turn i'm not charging them for the room i can't that's not right all right i'll do what i can i'll do what i can thank you kindly you blue mysterious demon yeah fuck off right we done can we go (laughs) (laughs) All right. As he goes to shake your hand, as you just slap his hand away, it's like it's like the line is somewhere in the middle, and and Maud Maud goes like zigzag, 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 zigzag. It's always on my terms. That's it. Exactly. Ped me with your eyes. As you go to shake his hand, no, sorry. As he goes to shake your hand. In gratitude for the warmth and kindness you've shown, you hiss at him and slap his hand out of the way as he just looks at you and says, Right you are. Right you are, blue demon. As you just turn silently and walk out hmm. at the bar as a trail of bees just go with you. Um, <laughs> and Marvin just turns and just gives Civic Cloaca a shit-eating stare. As he trots off after you. But he he trots with sass. Yeah. 
Do you know? Do you know? Like when goats take a shit, it's all like little pellets. He's just leaving a little trail of pellets across the bar floor. <laughs> Don't think you know what sass means. As all of you make your way out the front of the bar, is there anything you particularly want to do, or do you just want to go straight to um, Cotton Mills to see Sister Perennius at the Church of the Blind Pauper? I'm good with heading straight there, I think. Yeah. As you make your way across the city again, you're cutting across the, you know, like the city is in full mobilization of, you know, like I said, there's just people being stretched around, there's aid parties. Um, you see people doing kind of makeshift medicine on the side of the street. You see um, various religious people going around offering last rites and, you know, charitable types just offering fruit and um, bread to, to those in need. Um, as you make your way through the cobbled streets, again, doing your very best to remember the way. You've been there a couple of times, so, you know, it's a worn path for you, but you make your way down or up even sorry up higher up towards the district of cotton mills and in the distance you see the spire of saint silas's church as you make your way nearer you see the doors at the front are wide open um i'm gonna head inside uh see if i can find see if i can uh eyeball petunia Making your way in, you see the interior is somewhat ramshackle and, and it's been pushed about and kicked about. Now, there's no, there are no homeless people in here. Usually, it was a soup kitchen for the homeless and there were tables full of clothes, uh, you know, warm clothes for people who needed them and there was soup and bread and stuff. None of that is true. You see the tables are overturned. You see the clothes are scattered along the floor. You see upturned tables and pews. You see broken stained glass windows. As you look around in disarray, the inside of the church appears to have been ransacked. Can I see any of the, any of the, as, as, like other than Petunia, any of, of the um, kind of, I hesitate to say staff when we're talking about church, but hey, yeah, the church staff. Is there anyone else here? Uh, make me an investigation check. Uh, 17. You see a pair of boots sticking out behind an upturned pew. As you pull the pew between all of you upright, it's quite a big thing, a pew. As you all get on either side of it and lift it up, you see the body of one of the volunteers. It appears to have had the side of its head caved in and smashed in. Can't tell whether it was from the pew or someone who beat him, but he's very dead. Um, doesn't appear to have been dead for that long. Not cold and rotten. He's relatively warm. He's, he was alive within the last 12 hours or so. Mm. Okay. As you look around, all the doors that head off, you see all the kind of belfry, not belfry, all the um, sort of back room doors of the church that head off the main sort of chapel area. Oh, are they, are they still closed? Those are the doors? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess in the main church hall. Yeah. Um, I guess if we don't see anyone else in here, um, alive, um, I'll head into what would probably be, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, trying to remember where, where we were when we spoke to Petunia before, but I think it was just in here. Um, no, it was in one of the side rooms as you make your way up to one of, 
the rooms. Well, if you make your way to the room where where you've been in there with 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 Sister Perineus, and uh, it's where the the tyromancy had happened, and you recognise the door uh, as one of the side rooms of the church hall. As you make your way there and try the lock, it is locked. Um, the, the, there's given it, but it it you 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 open the door a bit, but it bangs into something, uh, almost like it's barred from the inside. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it a, a pretty loud knock, see if there's anyone there. I'll probably, like, call out as well. I'm pretty sure she would recognise us. You hear cries um, and whimpers and you hear somebody loudly telling people to shush on the inside. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna... Please tell me that's the voice you use. <laughs> When I'm getting ready for a fucking fight, yeah. Um, I'm going to turn around to... Um... Oh, no, wait. You say there was someone... You say there was someone telling people to be quiet? Yeah. Did it sound like a... Did it sound like Petunia's voice? Or did it sound like it sounded, someone who... With your level of passive perception, it sounded like a scared person rather than an angry person. Oh, okay. Um... I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's all right. No one's. There's the, the. I can't see any of the 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 people that came in and you know uh, ransacked this place. Uh, I can't see any of them out here now. Um, I'm looking to talk to uh, Sister Petunia if if that's all right. As you hear a voice saying, "Ah, oh, my child," from the inside, as you hear the <laughs> scraping and moving. <laughs> and you hear somebody moving heavy furniture from the door as you see it had been barricaded in makeshift style as as the door swings open you just see a couple of men and women and a child hunkered down in the corner who are kind of like bruised and beaten and you see sister perineus just with a big bruise on the side of her head and a line of blood kind of dripping down the side of her face and she gives you the biggest kind of crack tooth smile you've ever seen as she recognises you and you realise these people have barricaded themselves in um, to try and save their lives as as Sister Perineus just gives you the biggest grin tatty uh, as she's realised it's you and not the attackers and that is where we're going to leave this week's episode there we go that's about all we can hope to achieve another episode gone another another episode without a long rest <sighs> it's true you had your opportunity i didn't ask you to do that yeah, no, i know i've got to keep it rolling man i gotta be doing something you gotta be doing something okay right before i let everyone go i gotta do xp with the players in a minute but we should probably draw a line under this episode as poor Chanel has a cracked tooth and we need to A, get her some decent pain meds and B, oh get her an emergency God. dental appointment tomorrow. But she's done very, very well today. But before we let you go, listeners, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of Fun Packed Fantasy Fuck Nuggetry. And seeing as you made it this far, why not consider giving us a subscribe go and smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss another episode again failing that we would love a five-star review you know other reviews are available too if you want to if you want to 
throw shade our way, you can do that. But if you want to put a bit of respect on our name, give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. There's all sorts of cool shit there. I'm going to chuck up some of the artwork and maps from this episode there, and the first look at the artwork for Pocato will be on our Patreon. So get yourself over there if you want to see that. We've also got a Just Giving page if you want to contribute to the reconstruction of Nicodranas. So we'll we'll send that link out. Absolutely. Uh, We're also selling, uh, if you want to buy a dozen turtle eggs, uh, we're selling those by the box. No, we are not selling those. Wow. Rare, rare turtle meat. We are not selling those. Wow. Prison time is 50 years. We are not selling them. Dragon turtle stem cells? We got it all. Nope. We got it all. <laughs> um, nope. Right. There you go. That's the thing that happened. Uh, also, don't forget, if you want to talk to us about anything you've heard on this episode, you can reach out to us. We're on all the social medias. Your best bet, to be honest, is probably Twitter. It's where we are mostly. Into That's, Elon Musk. Well, we down. are for the moment, Elon. Yes, Elon. Not sure. Maybe you'll maybe you'll find us on um, other places. Yeah, Elon, you big bitch. Mm. bring it uh but yeah we're at adventures a n o number one on twitter but you can also find us on facebook and instagram if you look hard enough i'm pretty sure we're on reddit too and probably myspace and club penguin and fuck knows what drop us drop us a line tell Um, us about your tell us about your most favorite or least favorite episode um and we will have a conversation about it. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't commit one way Come or the other. Come round for tea. We'll have yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. It's an it. open we'll invite. Yeah. Sounds good. We're Sounds people. Good. No, we are, and we do, and we try to respond to all messages. But we should draw a line under this debacle. So I'm going to say goodbye from our deviants here. It's a big goodbye from the snaggletoothed Chanel Williams. Ciao. Such energy. It's a big goodbye from the sauna sausage himself, Matt Durant. Sauna. Alfidus saying. Alfidus saying. Right. Uh, and it is a mahusive goodbye from the littlest hobo, Tatty Bojangles, Chris Neal himself. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. I'll see you soon. <laughs> They're creepy. <laughs> Goodbye, listeners. Yeah. It was the we'll see you soon, wasn't it? It was the we'll see you soon, wasn't it? It was cute, was, and then it was yeah, 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 I get that. I'll, I'll yeah. get that back. I was, I was absolutely horseshit. Right. Hopefully, listeners, we'll see you back here for more <laughs> improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry next week. Ciao, ciao. And remember, my friends, stay tipsy. <laughs> Goodbye.